for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Okay, well, this morning, just as uh, during August, the guys have been dealing with some psalms, and I thought I would chip in at the end with a, a psalm as well, and that psalm is Psalm uh, number two, Psalm number two. So Sam that asks some questions and makes some declarations. Sam 2, and I think it'll be on the screen. Uh, the version I use is the New King James Version. <laughs> but I'm sure you've got your favorite versions. Um, and uh, I was actually brought up in a church where they wanted to change from the, the AV at that time, and they wanted to give the Sunday school kids some R- RSV, do you remember RSV? And one chap, this Irish brother, actually, I've talked to you before probably, he actually, you know, you, you joke about these things, but he actually, I heard him say it. He says, if the AV was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. And, <laughs> and, and so some of you get that, some of you... Uh, oblivious to it. Anyway, Psalm number two, and uh, it starts from verse one. We're just going to, it's a short psalm, so we're going to read it all. Psalm two, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And they say, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, kiss meaning obey, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. And uh, that psalm is we're going to look at this morning, but in particular, I'm going to look at verse uh, 7 and uh, 8. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son or daughter. (laughs) Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you uh, the nations for your inheritance, the ends there for your possession. And I've entitled this morning, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. Today I have begotten you. Uh, 
I don't know whether you love birthdays or dread birthdays. If it's your birthday, you look forward to it. If it's someone close to you, you really begin to dread it a little. <laughs> Is it just me? Uh, it's been Susan's birthday this week. And uh, uh, people love birthdays. And I noticed that a lot of you were smiling when Caleb's and Sue's birthday and so forth. And we went to a restaurant in Spain, in Mallorca. And the people were wishing Susan a happy birthday. People who didn't even know her. Everybody was getting happy. Well, today God says, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. And Abba, Father, says, happy birthday. And he says something interesting. He says, the gifts are on me. Amen. Yeah. He says, ask of me and I will give you. And that's what kings did in the Bible. They, they, when, when you please the king, he said, what, what do you want? I want to give you something. Uh, Esther, if you look at chapter 5, verse 6, asked of me, and it shall be granted to you. That's how John the Baptist lost his head. The king said, ask, what do you want? He said, I want the head of John the Baptist. That's how he lost his head. And so kings and, uh, were in the way and always did. If someone pleased them, they said, ask and I will give you. Well, we serve the king of kings and we are his kids. We are his children. And that's what's happening here. He says, you are my son. Maybe we need to really connect with that. You are my son. You are my daughter. And so being the king of kings, he's a giver. So he says, what do you want for your birthday? (laughs) and uh, Sue had her birthday the other day there, and I was saying to her, what would you like for your birthday? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what. Is this what happens in your house? I don't know what I want. I really don't know. And Well, what would you like? What would suggest some things? Well, I I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. And, and of course, just the, the pressure comes on to you all the time, doesn't it? Uh, guys, and <laughs> what would you like? Uh, and, and you ask what someone wants for their birthday because you have a relationship with them. And they tell you, hopefully, what they want for their birthday because they have that connection, they have that relationship. I mean, I, with, I love you all, but I don't come around each one of you and say, what would you like for your birthday? You understand? But in our family... Uh, people ask, what do you want? And people tell what they, what they want. Um, although sometimes, like I say, with Sue and also with other ones in our family, they're not always making up their mind. Although, to be fair, I'm one of the worst. Um, and so you have to ask over and over again, what do you want? God, I feel, is asking many of us, what do you want for your birthday? You are a son, you're a daughter, And uh, I don't want to give you what you don't want. And he says, before you even ask for anything, before you ask for anything, I'm going to give you the nations. I'm going to give you the ends of the earth. Is that what you want? That's not a bad start. (laughs) You know, we ask our children, what do you want for your birthday? And before they have any time to answer, we say, now don't ask for the earth, you know. (laughs) Don't ask for the world because there's a limited budget, budget here. And so don't ask too big, because uh, children get some weird and wonderful ideas of what you can afford. Uh, but God's not like that. He says, I'll give you the world. There's no limit to what I can give you. I own it all. 
Sometimes we limit God, and we think that he's got a limited budget, and he's going through a hard time, and things are a bit frugal, and uh, he can't afford this, but he can't afford that, and uh, don't ask too much, because he might, you know, get in a mood, like your husband or your wife or whatever, that you've asked for this. He says, no, I can give you anything. I can give you anything. Whatever you ask, just ask. Ask with wisdom, but ask. He says, the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Because you're my son, you're my daughter. It's your birthday and it's on, it's on me. You know, when you go out for a meal and it's somebody's birthday, you say, have whatever you want. You say it through gritted teeth sometimes, don't you? Have whatever you want. Think, don't, don't, don't go to that fillet steak, whatever you do. But <laughs> have whatever you want. And sometimes we're not willing to receive what God wants to give. I just believe in this next few weeks, God's saying to us, I'm in the mood for giving, but are you in the mood for receiving? Are you in the mood to receive? He says, I will give you. And I just want to go through just a few things that in his word he says that he will give us. Some of you are looking suspect that God would want to give you anything. However harsh the father, he'll give you something. He will give you something. And God wants to give you. So what does he say in Exodus 33 verse 14? He says, I will give you rest. 14 verse 14 of chapter 33 in Exodus says, And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. When you walk with God, his presence walks with us. And he gives us rest. Do you need rest? What do I mean by rest? <laughs> Some of you are thinking, asleep. No. <laughs> some of you are thinking, a holiday. Some, some people are saying, get me on my own. Let me tell you what rest means here in Scripture. It's the word nuach. It means to settle down, to be soothed or quieted, to be secure, to be still, to dwell peacefully. He says, I will give you those things if you will receive them. That's my gift to you. It's the same word that describes the Spirit of God resting on Jesus. It's actually where the word Noah comes from. Uh, it's God's gift and he wants to give you rest. Because it's your birthday. And when it's your birthday, you get gifts. And God says, I am a giver, and I want to give you rest. I don't want to make you idle. I don't want to make you lazy. I want to give you rest so that you rest on me. It means working, but it doesn't mean striving. It means that you have a part to play, that there is work involved and that, yes, you might be stretched, but you shouldn't be stressing. It doesn't mean sleeping. It means actively resting. It means in all the craziness of this world. And you might have noticed this. 
<laughs> I even think of laughing when I think about it. There's some of the craziness that's going on in our nation and in the world that you can be in a place of rest. While everyone's running around striving, stressing, you can be still and know that he is God and he wants to give us rest, being at peace. Everything might be in turmoil, but you can be asleep in the boat. The disciples are, oh, don't you know what's going on, Jesus? And he says, peace, be still. They thought him sleeping meant he didn't care. Some of us think that because God's not saying anything, he doesn't care. But trust me, he cares. And he wants you to be in a place of rest. When you've got everything under control, you're at a place of rest, aren't you? See, I was driving three of, <laughs> three of us around Mallorca, and uh, some crucial bits, people were striving and stressing about parking here, doing this, doing that. But I was quite at peace because I had the steering wheel. And I had the brake and I had the accelerator. But when you've got three other leaders in the car, <laughs> you understand? But when you're the driver, you know where you're going. Well, at least I did. <laughs> I knew where I was going. I knew everything was okay. Well, God's at that in your life. And he looks at us in the back seat, striving and stressing. He says, I want to give you rest. I've got the steering wheel. I've got the accelerator. I've got the brake. I know where I'm going. Enjoy the ride. So he says, I want to give you some rest. Because you are my son. You are my daughter. You have been born. You have had a birthday into the kingdom of God. And I want to give you this present, the present's rest. Another thing I want to give you is I want to give you help. Isaiah 46, verse 4, I am your God and will take care of you until you are old and your hair is gray. I'm looking at the gray-haired people. And uh, he says, I made you and I will care for you. I will give you help and rescue you. Amazing. Your daddy, not your physical daddy, he's, he might be able to help you in some ways, but your spiritual father is saying, I'm your God, and I'm going to take care of you until you're very old. In fact, you'll be so old, your hair will be gray. <laughs> Even though you die, it'll be gray. <laughs> I'll give you help and rescue you. I will help you. Help means there, I will carry you. Underneath are the everlasting arms. He says, I'm your God, I'm going to carry you. I don't know if you need help, but there's someone here who needs help. There's a number of people who need help. And however much you want to look at me, you need help. It's not just me. You need help. And this is the word of God to you today. You are not alone. You're not alone. You'll never be alone. You might be a loner, but you'll never be alone. You might want to be on your own. You might be physically on your own, on your own, but you'll never be alone. You're not cast adrift into whatever circumstances you find yourselves in today. God says, 
not Jack says, God says, I will give you help. I will carry you. And not only will I carry you, I will deliver you. He says, I made you and I will care for you. I will give you help and rescue you. And this is the word of God to me and this is the word of God to you. So whenever you hear someone crying help in the street or the house or the park, it's in your inclination to go and help. If, you hear, if we had somebody screaming out there just now, help, 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 there'd be a team of people running out to help. When you cry help to God, he's there. And he's there to help. He says, I will rescue you. People might come against you. Circumstances might try to block you in. But I'm going to help. I'm going to help you. I'll use all sorts of different people that you might never have wondered that they would ever come and help. They might not even want to help you. But I'll make them help you. I'll use all sorts of situations, hopeless situations, designed by the enemy to make you fail. I'll use that very situation to bless you and to help you. I'll use anything and I'll use everything. You might not even like it. You might not even appreciate my help. But I'll help you anyway. You might not understand my help. But God says, I will help. I will carry you. Third gift he wants to give us. He says, I will give you words. Isaiah 51 verse 16. And I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand. Now let me say this to you. Get a hold of this. You have his word. You have his word that you will have a word. Probably from but not exclusively from the word to use as your word. You get that? You have his word, that you will have a word, probably from the word to use as your word. You have his word, that you will have a word, probably but not exclusively from the word to use as your word. So we need to, what was that song we were just singing? Lift up, declare the name of Jesus. So we need to open our mouths because there is power in your mouth. Because his word carries everything before him. Your mouth is powerful. His words are vitally important. They matter. Your words matter. That's why I wrote a chapter in my book. Because it's a pathway for you to grow. What you say, what you speak, what you declare, even though you don't feel like it, even though you don't feel like worshiping, even though you don't feel like praising. I mean, I've seen some of you walk in on a Sunday morning and it's... I'm here. Praise God. But then you walk out with boldness and, and you like go, I'm going into another week. You understand? Because why? You've been worshiping. You've been speaking truth. You've been declaring. And if you want to change your life, change your words. 
Really, change your words. What do you hear yourself saying over and over and over and over and over and over? You had your mother say it. You had your father say it. You had your brother say it. Well, it's just been always said in our family. But you're declaring stuff over and over and over and over again. If you want to change your life, change what you're saying. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him to the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. For everyone who what, calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God says, open your mouth. Often it's the last thing we want to do. Sometimes we, we, we go dumbstruck, don't we? We just, we, we don't know what to say. It's too terrifying. It's too, it's too oh, it's too, I'm too nervous. I can't, I can't speak. I can't. But you need to speak. Confess. Use your words and you will be saved. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Your power is in your speech. We actually do walk our talk. And our speech takes us on a journey. So the power to change is in our tongue. So speak truth. That's why the devil's devil's called the father of lies. And God is the father of truth. But you see, what happens is he lies to us, and then we hear ourselves speaking those very same lies. Or the TV lies to us. Or politicians, dare I say it, lie to us. Or whatever. Whoever's lying into your situation, even your circumstances can be lying to you. The devil is a liar. And he's lying to us. And we need to confront that lie. What do you confront a lie with? The truth. So we speak truth. So it's your birthday. So say a few words. Don't be silent. Pray, praise, plead the blood. Another gift, fourth gift. He says, I want to give you my peace. These things I have spoken to you, Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. He says, I'm going to give you my shalom. You know, disciples, the peace that you've seen in me on the boat with the multitudes, even on the cross, even in the garden before the cross. He says, you know that peace? I want you to have it. Take it. It's a gift on your birthday. It's your birthday. Receive my peace. So I want you to try something. (laughs) I just want you just for, just humor me, okay? I want you to breathe it. I'll tell you what we're going to do, just in case some of you get stuck halfway. (laughs) I want you to breathe in deeply. I know you've all been breathing, but breathe in deeply and then just hold it and then breathe out slowly. Then again, breathe in deeply and breathe out slowly. Okay, humor me, okay? So, let's go. Do it again. Now, the same way as God gave you the air, he wants to give you his Holy Spirit. Just the same way. 
you didn't think to yourself, is there any air here for me? You didn't think, is there enough air in this room for all of us? You just breathed in. And you receive the Holy Spirit that same way. Just breathe in and receive the peace of God as a birthday present today. So when all hell is breaking loose, do it again. Peace. When the future's not clear, God. When you don't know which way to turn, when you can't do right for doing wrong, when you have a major decision, God, I need you. Give me your peace. You said you'll give me peace. Not as the world gives. How does the world give peace? <laughs> the world gives peace to say, get yourself away from everybody. Isolate yourself. When sometimes we go to India, there's people going to Goa and they're going to meditate and some weird and wonderful people there, the hippies and all sorts of folks, and they want to be alone because that's how they want peace and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be alone I love to be Susan says that I love to be I go into my office and I hang out with Jesus and I'm on my own but the peace that the scripture is not talking about you being on your own to get away from people or to get away from conflict you know you've heard people say in an argument just give me peace give me peace let me be alone it's because I want, I want isolation. I don't want you in the middle of this because you're causing trouble. You're causing turmoil. That's not the peace that God's saying. God's saying, I'm going to give you peace right in the middle of that situation. Right in the middle of that argument. Right in the middle of that job insecurity. Right in the middle of that overdraft. Right in the middle of that argument. Right in the middle of the turmoil. He says, peace. Shalom. I'll give you peace. I'll protect you. I will be with you. Even though there's conflict around, you'll see it for what it is. Why do the nations rage and the people plotting and the kings of earth setting themselves up? I laugh, God says. You ever seen people have an argument and you're at a distance and you see them and you, start, you almost start to think, this is so funny. They don't normally act that way. This is quite humorous. God says, this is funny. I hold them in derision, he says. He says, I want to protect my people. Like a shield, like a protection around them. Just the same as Daniel got in the lion's den. Just the same. King Darius was tricked into putting Daniel into the lion's den. But God says, oh, don't worry about that. I'll protect them. I don't know what lions you've got around you. And they're snarling intimidating. God says, even in that situation, I'll protect you. Peace can be yours. No weapon formed against you will prosper. The weapon will be formed, but it's not going to prosper. The lions may walk around, and the devil patrols like a lion, like a roaring lion, God's Word said, seeking who he may devour. God's Word says, resist him. He says, at my peace I will give you. And when we were born into his kingdom, all these gifts 
started to be available. But there's nothing worse than seeing gifts unopened, gifts not received. It's a real insult, isn't it? You go to somebody and you give them a gift, not interested. And sometimes we're like that with God. He wants to give us a gift. I'm not interested. Never worked before. Don't want it. God says, no, I want to give you these gifts. Rest, help, peace. I'll give you the right words. These are his gifts to you. I don't know whether you're going to receive them or not. But God says, I want you to enjoy my gifts. I want you to use them, treasure them, utilize them, unwrap them. That's what you do in a birthday. Because the present is for the present. (laughs) It's not to be put in a shelf or a cupboard or a drawer for some other time. It's for now. His presents are for now. They're for the present. Rest today. Help today. Words for today. Peace for today. Because it's your birthday. But we need to work the word. Because faith without works is dead. So receive his word this morning into your life, however difficult your life might be. And I don't know any about complicated situations you might find yourself in. But in your life, in your circumstances, in your situation, God has a gift. Just the way Susan passed that gift over to Sam and to Heather. They have no idea what's in it. (laughs) I nearly said nearly, do I? But But there's a gift in there. And it's given, and when they go home, or maybe even on the way home, they will unwrap it. Say, what have I been given? Well, God's got gifts for you. And in the middle of your pain and your circumstances, you can't always appreciate the gift. Why have they got me this? Why have I got socks again? The dad say at Christmas. Another tie, another shirt, another pair of pajamas. You understand? <laughs> That's just me. Um, and and you, why have I got this? And God says, I've got this gift for you because you need it. Now unwrap it and work it. So I wonder what you need. I wonder what gift you need. God says, in your wisdom, when you're in your spiritual hat on, begin to ask me. God, I, I really need this. So many times people come up to me and say, you know, God, God's done this. <coughs> Excuse me. God's done this. Do you know, I've been, just been praying about it these last few weeks. I just started to pray. And do you know? It's like they say, do you know? It actually happened. You think, yeah, I suppose it did. Do you understand? So we go to God and say, Daddy, Daddy, I, I need this. I want this. I want your peace. I want this gift that you want to give me. Daddy, I want some rest, real rest, rest from this chaotic, united, disunited kingdom. I want some peace. I want want to know that you are God and that you're with me. I want to know that you're taking me somewhere. I want to know you've got the steering wheel. Show me, Daddy. Show me you're in control. Show me that no weapon is going formed against me is going to prosper. Ask God. But as you just take time to breathe in the Holy Spirit and let him speak into your life and not be cynical, 
and not think, God is using your current circumstances to drive you to him. I'm not saying he caused your current circumstances, but he's always in the business of gathering people around. Just as we were dedicating Para and your name. <laughs> Heather, Sam, <laughs> Theo, Tom. I know them there. I know their names. <laughs> Thought it was no more in them, but I don't know. <laughs> and I've lost where I was now. <laughs> and and uh, just as we were we were doing that, uh, just as I was doing, where was I? You've <laughs> totally thrown me now. Um, anyway, it's gone. <laughs> gone into the ether. It'll come back to me. But God wants to give you, He wants to give you a gift. He wants to bless you. He wants to be with you. Yes, He'll confront you. Yes, He'll discipline you. You know, this is not a just, you know, name it, claim it, you'll always, you'll always be wonderful and everything else. God, God can be quite aggressive in his discipline. He's a good, good father. We say that, but good father means a lot of things. And I didn't always appreciate how good my father was. <laughs> Trust me. And, he, and my dad was quite gracious, but he wasn't, he wasn't always what I wanted him to be and God's not always what you want him to be but he's always what you need him to be he's always what you need him to be and he's a giver for God so loved the world that he what he gave and he wants to give to us he does and uh, that story will come back to me later (laughs) let's just pray father thank you for your word Thank you, Lord. We've been singing your word all this morning. All the songs we've been singing, I've been declaring what I've been speaking about. That you're good, Lord. That when we speak out truth, the atmosphere changes. Our situations change. Lord, I call into line and call into alignment every situation that is represented in this house of God. And I declare and I decree that you will have your way. You will have your way. That no weapon formed against any of us will prosper. We declare and we decree that you are a good God. We decree decree your peace and your rest and your shalom into our lives and into our situations. And no matter the telephone calls, no matter the letters, no matter the news, no matter the radio, no matter the arguments, Brexit, no Brexit, does not matter a jot because you're in heaven and you're laughing because you know you have the steering wheel. You know you're in control. You know where we're going. You know our latter days will be greater than our former days. You know all things, all things work together for our good. All things, painful things, difficult things, stressful things, hurting things, happy things, all things, bad things, good things work together 
for our good. So, Lord, I bless you this morning. Bless you for what I don't understand. Bless you for what I don't appreciate. Bless you, Lord, that you are in control, that you're with us. You're not against us. We don't have to persuade you to love us. We don't have to persuade you to bless us. We just need to breathe in and receive all that you have for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.